Welcome to London Welsh Rugby Club Podcast. This is episode 10. Last week was a busy one with two podcasts published, the Justin Bernard episode and of course the end of season award special. I do hope you're enjoying the varied content and guests we have on our club podcast. This week was meant to be Ty Palacio, but he has gone AWOL in New Zealand. I'm sure he's safe, so, but I'm sure we'll bring that to you at some point in the future. Instead, we have some very good friends of mine, Piers Skinner and Neil Walton, London Welsh members and London Society referees, talking about their experience about being involved with our club and officiating in the community. Enjoy. Welcome to the pod, Piers Skinner and Neil Walton, London Welsh and London Society referees. How are you both? So, Neil? Uh, very well, thanks, Gareth. Lovely to hear you. And Piers? I'm good, thank you. Looking forward to the end of the lockdown. Yeah, so how have you both been, really? Because it's been a really crazy time and you know, for everyone. And so, how have you and your families been, Piers? Uh, remarkably sanguine about the whole thing, actually. Uh, the kids haven't killed each other. Um, my wife hasn't buried me under the patio. So apart from that, um, I think the only thing I'd say is I hadn't realised how much I'd missed rugby. And Neil? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, the, the family have coped. Uh, we've coped. It's, all, it's, 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 been, it's been OK. I mean, uh, obviously missed rugby, but um, it looks like there's um, light at the end of the tunnel, even, even, even with that. So how did the season end for you both? Um, you know, and have you sort of kept fit during lockdown, Neil? Do you remember your, your last game? I do remember my last game, Gareth. It was uh, quite wonderful. It was at ODP, which is always always good. Um, it was the, the Slynethley Warriors um, mixed ability team on the day of the England-Wales game. So a uh, very special occasion with the uh, London Welsh club team led by Gareth Hawkins, um, putting on a fine show before the, the festivities really got underway with um, the, the, the big game in, 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 in the marquee. But I suppose for you, though, you, that's the second time you've done that game and it's something you look forward to every couple of years, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, the fellas down at, at Flynethley that, that, um, that organise that, uh, you know, they're just, they're just saints, you know. They, they do a brilliant thing that all the players enjoy it. Uh, you can see the smiles on their faces during and after the game, especially... Uh, you know, it's just a proper a proper experience. I absolutely love it. And Piers, your last game? Uh, so mine was an under-14s uh, match uh, on the uh, 4G at Chiswick uh, against an away side, um, who I think coming from Surrey somewhere. Really, really good game. Uh, and the game sort of encapsulated everything that's good about club rugby because it was a tight game. The visiting side lost. But we all stood in a bar and had beers for about three hours afterwards before realising this is probably the last time we were ever going to do it for a while. So um, just a really nice way to end it. I actually watched you referee in that game. Then I had to dash off myself because I was a last minute replacement because the referee for the London Welsh women versus Battersea Ironsides clash had to fly back to America because of COVID or something. He wouldn't get in the country. So he had to get an earlier flight. So my last match was again at ODP refereeing London Welsh women uh, versus Batsy on the 15th of March. So it's a, I'm glad we've all had like a, a, a club end of season, really, for, for our sort of referee experiences, which is great. But in this period, we've seen lots of things and communication from England Rugby, 
Middlesex Rugby and our society. Have um, any of you participated in the sort of webinars from England Rugby or the London Society, peers? Yeah, I've done both. Um, I haven't done all of them, uh, but there's been a couple of really good ones from England Rugby on on pitch communication. Um, and it's always nice to listen to people like, you know, Wayne Barnes and JP Doyle and whatever, not only because they're hugely amusing, but also because, you know, these guys are you know, some of the best referees in the world. So uh, just listening to them talk is, you know, is a joy in itself. And Neil? Yeah, I, I, I took part in the um, Society webinars, which is, you know, it's really nice to, to, to hear the, the national panel referees within our society that, um, you know, referee are obviously a, a higher level than we, than we do, but, you know, they... they Currently. <laughs> but they treat us with, um, you, know, you know, very well, and we, we learn from their experiences, and uh, it's nice to keep that sort of contact going during this, this period where normally by now we would have had, you know, get-togethers uh, where we would have, you know, you know, been together. But uh, obviously that's not been possible. But the webinars um, have kept up that contact with the society. And, you know, those, those, those people have put a lot of effort into doing that. They're volunteers like us, and they still find the time to, to, to do that sort of thing. I'd agree with that. I mean, that's Joe James and Hamish Grant, and they've been sort of, right. sort of leading that for the society. And they probably are shining lights apart from, you know, Wayne and uh, JP. Because, you know, the, you know it is, I'm, I've, I've, I've uh, dialed into, into both and thoroughly enjoyed them. But, you know, because you can learn, you know, even at our age, youthful, we can learn so much from other people uh, and how they, how they referee, how they communicate, their preparation, and these sort of things that we can take into, into next season. But um, I suppose um, what I really want our listeners to understand is, how you both got to where you are today, really, and your sort of rugby journey. Um, so, Piers, you know, um, you know, I think you play, played rugby quite a lot in your youth, and I'm not sure if you, as an adult you played rugby, but you know, you know, where did it all start for you, and then, and then when did you sort of think about picking up the whistle? Uh, so, I played rugby until I was 18 at school. Uh, I wasn't very good. I was an entirely different body shape back then. Um, I was actually a better hockey player than I was a rugby player, and I played hockey at university. Uh, but I think like a lot of referees, I got into it when Sam, my eldest, started playing rugby or minis at London Welsh. Um, and I can remember the moment I decided that being a referee was, you know, on my agenda. We were, we were on tour. It was under sixes. We were on tour in Cardiff. Um, and we were being reffed off the pitch by someone who was absolutely convinced that the posh boys from London weren't going to beat his local side. Uh, and I, I think it's fair to say, lost it slightly on the touchline. I did everything that touchline dads shouldn't do. I uh, was incredibly ashamed of myself at the end of it and decided at that point that probably the best place for me was in the middle where I could, couldn't shout at anybody. So started to sort of pick up the whistle from that point. Um, I, I think the thing about the side that we had, or the Sam side, which all of our sons played in, it was really very good. Um, so we did really well in tournaments. And I guess, you know, those tournaments used to go on quite a long time. So there weren't many people left on the pitches by the time the semis and the finals came around. So uh, I ended up doing quite a few semis and finals at various tournaments, started really enjoying it. Uh, and then as the boys got bigger, you know, the tournaments stopped, the games, you know, the proper 15 aside started. Uh, and it just sort of took off from there, really. 
So, so you, so yeah, so refereeing to the minis and then youth. But you've been a uh, society referee for five or six years now. Yeah, I, I think I've slightly lost track of time, but it is something like five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's fair enough. Like as a volunteer, to, you know, for an age group helping out. But then, you know, what I want to understand is that you know when did this sort of, the light bulb moment come come to you when you think actually. I'm going to spend a big part of my weekend now um, refereeing senior adults and women's matches. So it started in sort of 2015, actually. So that's there you go, five years. Um, 2015, I changed jobs. Um, I went from you know doing a sort of nine to five to setting up my own business. So I had a bit more time on my hands. So I, I joined the society in 2015. Um, mainly as a sort of sort of to keep me busy um, and as a sort of progression, if you like, into, you know, the next layer of sort of, you know, being good at something. Um, started doing midweek games as well as Saturday. Um, so, you know, quite quickly, you know, midweek, midweek availability for referees is obviously a lot less than Saturdays because a lot of people are working. Um, so you sort of started to sort of fairly quickly rack up the games. I remember my first game, um, I think I was doing Hammersmith and Fulham 8s or something. It was a level 12 game because that's the level that you sort of start at. And they send an assessor along to sort of keep an eye on you just to make sure you're safe. Um, very wet, very miserable, uh, but hugely exciting and hugely nerve-wracking at the same time. OK, and Neil, what about your, your journey into uh, being a top official for London Society? Well, very similar to peers. We obviously had uh, lads playing in the same age group. And, uh, yeah, it all really began when um, Seb Scotney, who I think uh, a lot of people at London Welsh owe an enormous uh, uh, debt of gratitude to. Well, I owe him a, 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 a lot of thanks because one fateful Sunday morning, he, he threw me the whistle of a, for a tag game under sixes and just said, Neil, just referee that, would you? And... Um, well, I think uh, refereeing and tag was was interesting. It was it, it was difficult, as Piers just described. You know, even at under sixes, people can get uh, can get carried away and excited. And the players, you know, they they, they deserve to be ref properly. So um, at, at that age group, so and really, it just progressed from there, going up through the the the, the, the higher age groups, the older age groups at London Welsh, eventually uh, through my um, older boys' age group. Uh, by the time they were under 15s, you know, playing full-on 15-a-side games, uh, very difficult to referee, lots of testosterone. And by the time I'd um, managed to get through those sort of games, I thought to myself, well, if I can do this, I should really be trying to have a go at proper rugby. And uh, so I, I took the decision to, to join the society, similar to peers, got assessed as to whether you're safe or not, which is the, the criterion. And... Um, I remember the the, the the chap Dave Garvey from the society who, who who mic'd me up that day and listened to what I was saying, um, came up to me and said, "Yeah, you're fine to you're fine to join the society. Um, join up, you'll get your first game." And he said, "By the time you've done about a hundred games, uh, you'll have seen most things." And I thought to myself, "Well, there's no chance that I'll ever referee one hundred games of adult rugby, but I've now done about 150 over the last five years, so he was he was right. <laughs> but uh, I didn't have that as my expectation when I joined. I just wanted to sort of see see if I could do it or not, really. And um, turns out I, I can. <laughs> so that, yeah, I find it fascinating because you know I think a lot of people listen to this think you know you have to play rugby for 15 years before you go go into be a referee. But actually, 
it's opportunity true, game. It's, yeah, it's not true, Gareth. I mean, I, I'm rather coy about this subject, I'm afraid, because um, I do get asked about it after the games sometimes, you know, where did you play? What did you, where, you know, and so on. And I, I, I sometimes have to tell the truth, which is that I've never played a game of rugby in my life. And, uh, um, uh, and actually, I try, do try to keep it under my hat a little bit, but um, it, it is the truth. Um, but... Um, uh, it, 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 I don't think it's a, a prerequisite. Um, it, I imagine it helps sometimes, but uh, um, sometimes I think it helps not to have played, actually. But um, I guess people can <laughs> can have their own views on that. And, and, and Piers, you, know, um, you, you spoke about your journey, but are there any sort of qualifications you need to, or courses you need to attain or attend uh, prior to becoming an official? Piers? I can answer that, Gareth. Sorry, there we go. Sorry. Um, I don't think there's anything better than experience. Um, but I think back in the day, I'm not quite sure what the qualifications you have to sit on now, but we did the Elra 1 and, one and 2 at Old Deer Park, which the, the club paid for. Um, and, you know, that's a really good introduction to, you know, the basics of it. But I think if you're a fan of the game and you've got a little bit of, I'm trying to think what the right word is, but you need a few, you need some balls to get out there, to be honest. Um, and you know, in front of 30 players, or you know, if it's under sixes, six or seven players, um, to carry it off. I mean, a, a lot of refereeing can be a con trick because as long as you do, you make a decision with enough gusto, you can get away with a lot of things. And, and referees aren't. We'll talk about this in a minute, but you know, we're not infallible. Um, you know, I've long believed that most coaches, if you're doing a level three coaching qualification, should should do a refereeing course because it fundamentally changes the way that you look at the game. Um, I, the other thing I've done, uh, because I'm fairly passionate about it, is I took a first aid course, a uh, first aid and rugby refereeing course. Uh, and that was really, really interesting because there have been a couple of occasions where somebody's been relatively seriously injured. And if you know what you're doing, up to a point that can be really useful. Um, it's not a prerequisite, but uh, it's just one that you know, it's an issue that I have fairly close to my heart. Okay, and then Neil, you know, um, I see Peter talks about the qualifications there, but um, you talk about joining the society. You you were watched before you joined the society. Is that what happens? Yeah, that's right. So I, I, I contacted the society and said that I was interested in, in, in joining, and of course there is a shortage of referees. So. Um, they, they, they sent someone down to, to watch me in a game at Old Deer Park. It was the um, uh, the London Welsh uh, under 15s, I think, at the time. And they were just playing a, a, a friendly game with you know amongst themselves, um, but a, you know a proper game. Um, yeah, and he, he 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 mic'd me up, which I wasn't expecting, uh, so he could hear hear me. But I obviously you know we couldn't. It wasn't two way communication. It's just he could hear me, and. Um, yeah, I think as as I said, they're just really wanting to make sure that you, you you're safe. And they fortunately for, for 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 that test, there was a high tackle in the game, which for once I spotted. And uh, initially, I played advantage, which of course you're not allowed to do. So I, I, I did then pull it back for a, for a penalty against the uh, the uh, you know to, to the team that had been offended against. So um, I think it was that was the the moment which secured my uh, passage to the society. Um, yeah, and he, at the end of the game, he just said, you know, to 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 start refereeing games, proper games, and that's that's the thing you have to do. And as Piers says, it's all about experience. The more you do it, I think 
generally speaking, the better you get. And you got you got to get graded, and that then that grading then becomes like to equivalent sort of standard of game, I suppose. Yeah, because you obviously can't start at the top if you if you're a brand new referee. So Piers mentioned his first game was Hammersmith. What what was your first game, Neil? Yeah, my first game was also at, at Hammersmith, but it was a ladies' game, and uh, uh, I. I uh, I have to say it was a complete and utter disaster. Um, I, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I was pleased with one decision in that game when, when a player, as we approached half time, I, I, I said that it was, you know, I called it out that it was last play and she promptly threw the ball into touch. Um, and obviously, that's, that's not, you're not allowed to do that. So um, I, I, uh, I, I awarded a penalty from which the other team scored. So. Um, yeah, that was one. The one thing I think I did get right. Um, by all accounts, I probably got everything else wrong. Um, but fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, on the day, I was also being watched by um, Andrew Rogan from the Society, who is the former captain, I think, at Hammersmith and Fulham first team. Um, and he's a, 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 I think, a level seven a referee, which is um, the, the standard I think London Welsh were playing at last year. Um, so you know he's quite a bit higher than than myself, but um, he he sat with me after the game and spent well it must have been a good hour. It's during the Rugby World Cup 2015, and uh, we sat in the bar in Fulham, and uh, he basically ran through lots and lots of things that I got wrong and and how how I could how I could get them right. And it's really about positioning, Gareth. And uh, he showed me you know drew lots of pictures of rucks and malls and and so on, and really showed me. Where, where where to position yourself in order that you can then see what's going on and get the decisions hopefully right and um, you know a lot of that that I learned that day I I still use to this day because of course it's the right the right thing and think something I was completely unaware of uh, when I when I when I, I went to that first game I hadn't even really thought about my positioning whereas now I think and I don't know what you would say Piers but I think I think the positioning is one of the most important aspects of of refereeing really. I don't, think, I don't think you ever get positioning right. Um, you know, we're, as, as society referees, we occasionally get assessed as to how we're doing. And I don't think I've had a single assessor's report that didn't pull me up on my positioning at least once, if not twice or three times. Um, but, uh, but Neil's right. You know, if, if you're in the right position, if you're close enough, you give yourself a much better chance of seeing you know, the nefarious activity that's taking place somewhere underneath the rug or the scrum or whatever. Um, and again, that comes with experience. Uh, it's, most assessors will, will pull you up for, do, for being in what they call the chariot position, which is literally right behind the ruck or right behind the scrum. And you really can't see what's going on. You can't see the offside lines. And that's normally at the point that the coaches on the side start screaming at you about offside and other bits and pieces. But again, with, with a, a few games under your belt, you realise that you don't have eyes in the back of your head, so you start to using the eyes in the front of your head, and that means you have to be in the right position to see everything that's in front of you. Um, that's funny, because um, you know, Neil mentioned Andrew Rogan there, and Andrew Rogan's got a bit of a connection with London Welsh in a way. I think he's a level six referee, by the way, Neil, but that, that doesn't really matter. He refereed um, London Welsh in Hearts Middle 6-1, the Bank of England versus London Welsh, sort of mid-season, top-of-the-table decider, where he awarded London Welsh a penalty in the last minute, I'm um, sure Tudor Davis kicked it over for London Welsh to win the game and the crowd erupted. That was, that was probably one of the most special moments in the first season. I've also actually refereed him when he was in the front row for Hammersmith 2s <laughs> and then he played um, in the front row for Hammersmith 1s against London Welsh last year. So he's he's one, uh, you know, it's great to 
to get a feedback for a current player and someone who officiates at, at quite a high level, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I was taken aback, really, that, uh, you know, uh, someone uh, who, who didn't know me from Adam, um, you know, was willing to spend, you know, all that time with me just to, just to help me be better. And, uh, uh, I, I know, and that's something that, I, I, you know, as a society ref, you really, you benefit from because, um, as we've, we've talked about the webinars and the meetings that we get to go to where people will, uh, you know, help you by, by giving training sessions or showing videos of, 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 of refereeing incidents for us to discuss and analyse and, you know, and question what you would have done in that, in that situation. So, you know, there's, there's so much to learn, um, but, you know, the society gives you... Um, gives you a, a lot of help in, in, in making you better because I think, you know, the players deserve you know, a good referee and um, that's that's what I try to do by, by trying to be the best I can, can be um, so that uh, they have an enjoyable and safe game. It's amazing because you're right, the society, you know, people in the society give a lot of their time to make people better. So my first game, I had David Garvey coming to watch it. It was Surrey and Epsom Ladies in, in January on a, on a Sunday afternoon, he travelled a long way by train to get there. The weather was horrific. <laughs> and he might me up. And it was, I mean, it was horizontal rain here now. And, and literally, he must have travelled an hour to that game just to watch me and to help me become, become an official. And, and you know, I've, I've, I'll never forget that day because, you know, one, it started my journey. And two, you know, he'd given up his afternoon in horrific conditions to, 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 to help me so yeah. which is which I always appreciate but you know come on to the Royal Society now what um what do you what do you guys get out of it for being a member of that society uh, lots of free stash Gareth lots of shirts I never have to wear <laughs> anything but rugby rugby gear you know uh, all through the summer I, I've got a, a whole choice of rugby shirts that I can wear day after day always a different one um it's fantastic all, all former cast offs of Wayne Barnes um uh, well, he, he must have a he must have a skip of stash uh, outside his house, I'd imagine. Um, so at the society meetings, because because he's a London society referee um, from West Region like like us, and uh, uh, he, he, he provides a load of uh, clothes to the to the society, which uh, w- with a donation to uh, Polly Barnes's uh, breast cancer charity, uh, we, we we get to acquire Wayne Barnes's cast offs. And whatever's left behind as well, every other referee gets because you're always there first, aren't you, Neil? Always so, there uh, first. Sharp <laughs> elbows. I need more stash. I can't have. I can't have. You can't have too much. Um, Do you actually know where he lives? No idea. Lucky. No. <laughs> Piers, you know, maybe on a, um, no. We're all members of society. You know what? What do you get out of being a member of the society? And you know what? If you can try and tell listeners, you know how they allocate games and the support they give you, sort of pre and post matches. Okay. Uh, so, what do I get out of the society? It's a community. You know, we are a, we're not a strange breed. We're not a breed apart, but we are a, a bunch of people who have one thing in common, uh, and it's a you know being a referee can be a very solitary thing. So being able to get together and share those experiences, Neil's already talked about the support that society referees give each other, and I, I wholeheartedly support that. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of support from a lot of referees. I will try and give my support to anybody who's interested in becoming a referee because the game doesn't happen without us. Um, I think you, Neil, and I probably do about 100 matches a season between us. That's 100 games that wouldn't happen. 
without you know us having taken up the whistle a few years ago um and you know we get a huge amount of enjoyment out of it um and you know the rugby community gets an awful lot out of us uh which is great um how does it work uh well once you join the society probably the first person that you learn to love fear trust honor respect is the appointments manager um so rob park if you listen to this we all love you um Rob is the guy who on a Saturday or uh, about a week before will tell you where it is you're going and who it is you're, uh, who it is you're reffing. Um, if you're nice to Rob, you might find it's relatively close. If you've managed to annoy Rob, which is fairly easy to do, um, you can be sent to the outer far and beyond um, to referee somebody whose clubhouse looks like it probably hasn't been painted since the war. Um, uh, midweek is exactly the same. John Payton, he does midweek. Uh, again, midweek doesn't have um, regions. So the London Society is split up into four or five different regions. Uh, midweek isn't sort of region specific. You can be sent almost anywhere. They tend to be school games or university games. Uh, and again, you know, if you're nice to John, you can get, you know, there are some really, really good midweek games uh, and evening games. Uh, and if you fancy a Vets game, they're normally on a Friday night. They're quite fun too. Um, and then we talked about assessors uh, every now and then uh, if they think you're worthy of being promoted you get an assessor sent along to watch you and give you very very substantial feedback and as Gareth you've already mentioned you know these guys stand on the touchline in all weathers trying to write down lots and lots of notes about you um, normally about positioning in my case um, and about decisions that you've got wrong it's all done in a very positive spirit uh all the ref all the referee assessors have got vast experience so you know sucking up their knowledge and using it to become a better referee is an important part of the process and neil um you know we have uh meetings on a, on a monthly basis luckily for us at our club london welsh um we have visiting officials sometimes present at those meetings or for an opportunity for us to have a q a with some of those. Do you want to elaborate on that, please? Yeah, so uh, just, uh, the, 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 I think the, the best one is just prior to the Autumn Internationals when um, typically um, an international referee will um, turn up and, and, and speak to us. Um, so uh, it, it, I, I won't remember all of the um, international refs that we've, we've met, but um, um, Gardner, is it Andrew Gardner, Angus. Angus Gardner. Angus Gardner. Yeah, he, he, he came along and he, he was fascinating because he, he, he's quite young. Um, uh, he's obviously had a, had, a, had a couple of quite controversial decisions. I think the game that he, that he refereed after meeting with us uh, was the one where he possibly uh, should have um, penalised um, Farrell before he sent him off, I think. But uh, he didn't and uh, England won the game. Uh, so he, he was interesting because he, he, he told us that uh, he, he struggles sometimes with communication with players and he sort of has to practice standing in front of the mirror, um, coming out with the sort of language or words that he would use when interacting with a player, which it, I thought was quite interesting, really, uh, because that's something I, I, I have no problem with at all. You know, when I'm, when I'm you know, reprimanding a player, it just seems to come out quite naturally, the things I want to say. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, 
And, and I think the, the key there is often just to say something that very quickly, clearly what you've seen and, 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 be, be, and, and, and be crisp. Um, so uh, to, to, to think that an international referee has to do his training standing in front of the mirror was, was, was fascinating. But uh, yeah, so we've, 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 JP Doyle, as Piers, Piers already mentioned, he's, he's visited as well. He's very funny, very entertaining um, and showed some really, really interesting clips to, 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 to really show us uh, how, how to not blow the whistle, really. He showed a clip of a, of a premiership game where I think, I think the play ends down at Bath, so Piers would have probably enjoyed watching it, um, and um, uh, it, it, the, 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 against London Irish, I think it was, and, and it was a passage of play right at the beginning from the kickoff that lasted, I think, I think five or six minutes without a, 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 a break or a whistle. It was, it was, it was brilliant, and, he, and he, he kept communicating why, why it was play on. For example, there was a, what everyone thought was a knock-on, but I, I think it had come straight off the player's chest, no hands anywhere near it, so it was just play on, and, uh, and uh, uh, very, very interesting. So, yeah, it, really good to meet these international referees. And we've even had like, like Marius Jonker, the TMO for, you know, official, haven't we, a couple of times. He's like a stand-up comedian nearly, isn't he? He's very funny, yeah. Yeah, he's got a nickname, I think. Jonker the... The plonker. The great TMO. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you for um, waiting on Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Neil, you're also our London Welsh referee secretary. So what, what does that role entail? Uh, well, it's really trying to encourage others to, to, to follow... follow uh, lead if that's what we've done um, and try to encourage as many people to, to to take it up really because I think it's such a good thing and um, uh, I, I guess many people would would think it's 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 a it's a really tough difficult thing and sometimes it is but the rewards uh, I, I, you know I, 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 I counterweight the the, the the difficult things by, by many many times over and um i just think it would it's, it's great to have as, as as many referees as possible it's good fun it's good for your fitness um and uh we as we as a club i think it's fair to say i think i think we, we look really good locally in terms of the the number of referees that as as, as Piers mentioned the hundred or so games just the three of us do and there are um, several other london london welsh uh, society referees apart from us us three um who, who also contribute and um so we as a club you know we are definitely pulling our weight locally and i think it, it i think um Rob Park, who, who Piers mentioned, has has communicated with um, uh, Gwyn to to express his thanks for what we we've done as a club um, uh, locally. So that's that's really good. So we, you know we're we're pulling our weight, which is more than pulling our weight, which is which is which is which is good. Um, but but yeah, hopefully we can um, increase the numbers because um, I guess uh, some of us uh, aren't going to last that much longer as, as referees and um, it would be good to have a have a few others in the pipeline and I think I think we have there are you know I've watched a fair few youth games at the club and uh, you know there are some 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 good referees coming 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 up through the age groups and um, Graham Booth um, in, in the minis is doing a fantastic job uh, to to encourage encourage uh, more referees and has done some ex- excellent initiatives um, uh, during the season just gone, you know, getting everyone to referee a year below or a year above um, so that they're ready for the, the following year or to show um, the age group below, you know, the experience, their ex- benefit of their experience. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to be positive about. And I think, um, I think, as I say, it's, as a cl- it's more as a, as a club trying to, to make sure we're, 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 we're good when it comes to refereeing, which I think we are. 
Yeah, can you just let our listeners know who our, our, our um, society members from our club are? So there's just a couple of others, aren't there? Yep, so um, there's uh, Jerry, J- Jerry, um, whose second name I'm, I'm forgetting. Reece. <laughs> <Reece. laughs> so, uh, Pat, and there's um, Pat, Pat Venning. Uh, does he count? I'm not sure he counts as a... His daughter played for the women, so that, that can count. Yeah, so. I think that makes Pat Venning uh, a, a, a London Welsh uh, society uh, referee. I hate it when you put me on the spot like this, uh, Gareth. But, uh, Sorry, there yeah, we're also okay. Guy, Guy Williams as well. Yeah. Guy Williams. And we're also, just as a, a, a close season signing, Jamie Parr, um, who's now a level seven or six referee. He's an 18, 19-year referee, has decided to join London Welsh to further his uh, refereeing um aspirations I suppose and I think that's going to be a great thing for our club because he can join um, our humorous WhatsApp group but also he can you know, um, <laughs> you know he can learn from us and we can learn from him and that's great to have more people um, as officials for our club because that will certainly help us at the minis and youth level as well because you know that's one thing I would say is that you know the amount of games we've, we've refereed probably doesn't even count in that 100 games you mentioned Piers in terms of refereeing all those youth games so Piers when it comes to refereeing our own club let's start with refereeing the youth games how do you find doing those then then maybe speak about refereeing some of the senior men or women's matches for the club so it's always nice to ref at old deer park because you know it's our home club um but it does come with its own challenges because walking into the bar after you've refereed a game where london welsh have lost isn't the easiest thing to do um Youth matches, youth is tricky. Uh, I was ruminating about this when you sent some of these questions through. I think there's a lot to do with the captain. Up until the age of about under 15, you're effectively a coach as much as a referee on the pitch, even though the games towards under 15 are getting really fast and furious. At under 16, the role of the captain becomes really important. But at under 16, the captain's really not as developed as he or she is a bit later on. At under 18, under 18 games, I think, are reasonably easy because the captain's got a little bit of maturity to him. Most of the players know who he is um, and he can keep control. At under 16, it's a little bit loose and furious. Uh, I would suggest that refereeing an under 16 game is probably the biggest challenge a referee can have because there's 30 kids running around with you know testosterone literally leaking out of their ears. Um, at 18, it's sort of calmed down a bit. It doesn't make the rugby uh, any different in terms of its intensity, but there's usually a little bit more maturity behind it. So, uh, yeah, I think being, throwing a referee into the under-16 cauldron is probably the biggest test that we have at a club level. And then once you get into the adults, you know, one of the beautiful things about the game is the respect that you get, by and large, from absolutely everybody on the pitch. Uh, and you know there's a lot spoken about you know the values of the game and all the rest of it and they are absolutely crucial because it allows people like us to referee in the middle um to make contentious decisions and have them accepted without abuse or rancor or any sort of uh, after effects you know you can walk into a bar have a conversation about it laugh about it go home and not worry for you know your sanity or your safety or you know, all the rest of it. So um, anybody who's thinking about becoming a referee, I would just say the game is in really good shape 
in that respect. Yes, you know, we need to stay on top of it. The you know the RFU need to stay on top of it. But I don't know. I, I don't know about the two of you, but I have. I can probably count on the fingers of one hand. Bearing in mind, you know, I've probably got like Neil done. You know, one hundred and fifty plus, two hundred plus games. I can probably count on the fingers of one hand the times I've had a problem with either a spectator or a player. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I agree with you, um, Piers. It's, it's, it's very rare that anyone um, speaks out of turn, at least to your face. I mean, they, I've no idea what they say um, behind your back or whisper to their friend. But, but, um, but you know, you don't get the sort of thing that I see uh, at, at for soccer games. When, when I'm walking to grounds where there's pitches, where there's soccer games and rugby games taking place, the... You know the the language that you hear from the the, the sidelines in a football game is just horrific, and uh, you know a, a rugby. I, I've I've never heard anything anything like that. Uh, I've had one or two occasions when people have spoken out of turn, um, and uh, again we mentioned Rob and the society. You know I had one occasion when that happened. Um, and uh, uh, and the society are absolutely superb. They clamped down on it. Um, the player in question is hauled in front of a. A, a committee and um, is 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 giving a dressing dressing down and 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 punished honestly speaking and um, the punishment being he's he's not not allowed to play for a while um, so you know the, the the society really take care of you because they know you're important um, in that you keep going and um, these sort of things can can sort of put your not your not your off your um, not you not your confidence a little bit and uh, they they don't let that happen. Um, by, by making sure that you know they give you the confidence to believe you were right with what you've done, and um, as I say, they, they back you and make sure the player um, learns the error or spectator learns the error as well. I've never had anything from the touchline, but just one one player lost his call one day. Um, I've no idea why um, he was in such a bad bad mood, but um, yeah, but, but, yeah, he let himself down and he let his club down, and I, I got apologies from. Virtually everyone apart from him that day. Uh, the nice thing about so, rugby is that the referee is always right, even when he's wrong. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Yes, 100%. 100%. And I think, um, you know, what I want to get out of you, because as society members, we're able to referee our own club. And some of you will find that, you know, um, uh, strangely. But I suppose if, we, if we've grown up refereeing youth matches, we're used to refereeing our own club. But what was it like for both of you refereeing London Welsh, either senior men or women? I enjoy. I absolutely love it. I mean, when when as Piers has already mentioned, you know, I don't think there's a better ground to referee at than than Old Deer Park in the in the sunshine because uh, it always sunny there. Never never bad. But um, uh, and 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 yeah, you there's a little bit of extra pressure, I suppose, because you really really want to get everything right, uh, um, and and you do have to see these people afterwards. But you know, even even when you've made a a mistake. Um, you know the, the players w- will forgive you, and um, uh, as Piers said, you know going into the bar afterwards, you know it's our home, second home, and um, it's just, just just such a wonderful experience. And I've, I've, I've you know apart from the youth games, I've refereed every age group from under six to under under seventeens. Um, you know refereeing the ladies, which I did famously at the St David's Day um, game just before the lockdown. Unfortunately, the, the ladies had a tough tough time that day, but uh, absolutely wonderful. A day for the club, um, brilliantly hosted uh, by yourself, Gareth. Afterwards, um, I think the London Welsh ladies put on a, a, a really special day there. Um, that was a you know something where I was I was quite nervous. Uh, 
even if it was my 150th or 160th game, I don't know what, but uh, knowing that there'd be a big, a big crowd, um, important day for the ladies. Um, but as it turned out, it, it just wasn't their day. And um, there wasn't really any any great pressure on me because they, you know they, they, they were under the, the cosh all the way through, really. Uh, but they did they did get a try through through Zoe, um, the captain, uh, in the second half, a, a proper forwards try, uh, which they, they thoroughly deserved. And uh, it was a very special moment blowing that whistle to award that try that day. No, good. And, and you, Piers, what about you, referee in London Welsh, um, your senior teams? Oh, I love it. I mean, it, you know, it is the ultimate test because it's your home ground. You know, everybody around the touchline, you know, some of the players, you know, you've got to come back the following day and face them. Uh, so, you know, all that, it's the, it's the ultimate challenge in that all of your, everything's on edge and uh, you want to make sure that every decision is right. You want to make sure that you're up with play because you know that, you know, somebody's going to come up to you in the bar afterwards and ask. And it's it's just a wonderful place to play rugby. And, you know, I owe London Welsh, you know, as a club, an enormous debt of thanks because it's kept me busy every weekend for the last 10 plus years. And it's given me something that, you know, in the refing, but also watching my kids play and watching the first team play and even watching, you know, watching the hockeys play. Um, you know, they play a fabulous brand of rugby. It's done with a smile on the face. I think the values of the club are awesome. Um, so you want to make sure that when you're refing, you know, at your home club, that you're living up to all of those values at the same time. No, yeah, it's great. It's great, it's great to hear you say things like that. I, 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 I love it. Um, I refereed the Ockies when Danny Griffiths was playing for them. And then obviously a note went out to all the players, you don't know Gareth, because you don't want the other team knowing you're from London Welsh, really. So um, they were playing Uxbridge. So I ran onto the pitch and Jeff Malvesi was there, a former director. Go, all right, Gareth, I didn't know you were refereeing this match. <laughs> um, that, that's one, one of mine. And But my, my proudest moment for me, I suppose, is I, I refereed their last game in Hartsville, Sex One, London Welsh, Wofford. You know, both teams, uh, I think, you know, London Welsh already promoted, Wofford were relegated, you know, 700 people there. And I was so, so nervous before that game. You, you know, it's like, that's like a national one crowd. You don't expect that when you're, just, you know, a community referee. So that's why you, when, when people, you know, referees come visit us now, you can understand why they might be apprehensive the first five or ten minutes. But it's one of the proudest days of my life that just to referee the home club. It's, it was really, really good. And I absolutely loved it. And you know, we've got the program. But was, I was like really nervous. And in the first minute, the ball goes down the twenty-two. I obviously blow off for something, and, and one of our fans, Hugh Barrington, goes, keep up with play straight away to me. <laughs> so, so once I started laughing, sort of, you get into the game, don't you? So, uh, yeah. But it was great. So that's, for me, that was, that's my most special moment as a, as a referee, referee in London Welsh in a league match um, at Old Deer Park. And Neil, what about your sort of uh, best occasion as a referee? Oh, crikey. I mean, there, there, there are, there've been so many, Gareth, you know, uh, it's very, it's very hard to, to, to answer. I mean, I, I, I Piers mentioned the, the midweek games. Um, I once got the opportunity to referee the uh, English fire service rugby team against the prison officers, uh, the, 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 the UK prison office rugby team uh, down at, down at Staines. Uh, and Rock, Rocky Hudson was, was there. I think he, he, he was uh, watching and we're um, organizing that game. Uh, uh, that was very special, very tough. It was a level eight game, so it's a level higher than I, I, I usually referee at. And um, 
and I, I was assessed that day as well, um, which, 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 which was great. That was, that was, a, that was a, a big game. Uh, but I think the, the best occasion was um, I once got the opportunity to referee at the Stoop, um, which was um, the Harlequins amateur team um, after after the, the the main Harlequins team had played their last game of the season before last, I think it was, um, which was a very a very special occasion, and it came about because um, uh, uh, I'd refereed the same teams. It was um, Belsize Park fifths against um, the Harlequin amateurs. Um, uh, I'd refereed them uh, earlier in, earlier that season, and unfortunately, after the game, a player, nothing to do with rugby, actually, actually had a heart attack. So he'd, he'd showered and uh, was, was was having a heart attack in the in in the clubhouse. And I, I actually discovered him on the floor having his heart attack as I came out of the changing rooms. Um, luckily, I've, like Piers, I've done some first aid training, and I knew exactly what to do, which was to shout for help. So I shouted for help and the bell-sized park lads were still in their changing rooms um, drinking beers, but um, out they came and uh, basically they saved his life that day, um, those fellas. And, uh, and, and as a result, they played this um, memorial game, if you will, um, at, um, at the Stoop and they kindly asked me to, to referee and uh, I was able to get my, my twin sons um, to be the touch judges assistant referees, I should say, that, that day as well. So they, they were running the line. And uh, it was a great occasion because obviously people, had, after the um, Harlequins had lost to London Irish that day, gone into the bar to um, drown their sorrows, but soon started emerging onto the big concourses down the side. And, uh, of course, they were cheering on Harlequin amateurs because they were obviously wearing the Harlequins' colours. And, of course, every decision that I made against Harlequins was, you know, I, I, was with a great comments <laughs> from the touchline, criticising every decision against Harlequins, but congratulating me every time I penalise Bell size. But um, yeah, f- fantastic occasion with thousands of people there. Um, yeah, quite, quite, quite honoured to be to, to, to be thanked in that way. And that's that's just rugby, isn't it? That's what rugby does. Something something like that um, for a bunch of amateur people to be able to run around on the stoop pitch in front of a big crowd. Obviously, my wife was in the stand and my children um, watching as well. So my other children and uh, yeah, they, they, they enjoyed it too. So very, very no, yeah, that's, great. that's great to hear. I really love that story. And Piers, what about yourself? Uh, a bit like Neil, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of very happy memories and sort of favourite moments. One of the sad things about the lockdown this year was that it came just at the point where you know, the leagues start to get really, really interesting and you start to get into cup playoffs and cup finals and varsity matches and all the rest of it. And they're always a lot of fun. Um, I think possibly my my favourite game, I, I did, I was picked to do a varsity game down at Ealing Trail Finders, UWL versus Westminster Uni, I think. 1,500 pissed students, under lights, team of three, Really fast game, raucous, uh, probably the closest I will ever come to knowing what it's like to be J.P. Doyle, although I'm slightly taller. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. And what about like, you know, I'm conscious of everyone's time now. And um, so we're maybe, maybe a quick fire three or four questions now. So what about, um, Piers, any mistakes that you've made that you sort of afterwards you sort of, you've laughed about or something like that? Do you know what I mean? Well, because we all make mistakes, obviously, but we're always right, as you say, when we're on the pitch. But, you know, any mistakes you are memorable? Um no, I, I think you're right. You make mistakes every game. You just hope it's not material to the outcome of, of the game itself. You know, you learn and you move on. I, I've beaten myself up on numerous occasions about individual errors or mistakes in law or whatever. But, you know, you soon learn that you can't see everything. 
uh, you're not infallible. Um, but as I say, you know, quite a lot of refereeing is about being able to carry it off. You know, even when you know you've not seen something or you've made a mistake, you've just got to carry on. Um, and if you fess up in the bar afterwards, then you fess up in the bar afterwards. If you don't, then you don't. And nobody ever knows. Um, but I think, you know, the nice thing is that, you know, the game understands that referees at the level that we're at in the community game, you know, we're, we're human beings at the end of the day. We try and be as good as we can be, um, but we're not infallible. Neil? Well, I still have nightmares about that um, Hammersmith and Fulham ladies game where I'm sure the second half lasted about at least 18 minutes. So I, I wake up at night, you know, with, with that thought in my in my head. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a bad one. Uh, cutting the second half quite short. I can't I can't I can't I, I can't remember any other major gaffes. But uh, as Pierce says, in every game you you will make mistakes, but uh, whether they materially affect the outcome is what is what matters. I and mean, I. I, I I don't recall any that that, that where I think I've caused the team that's that's won that should have won to have lost or vice versa. But um, yeah, every game there's mistakes. For I sure. think yeah, I think my one was with Piers as a referee for the Middlesex Vets final. And I was his assistant referee, and we're all mic'd up. And for some, and I was I think I, I I'm afraid to say I think I had a fuzzy head that afternoon. It's like an early kickoff, and I had I'd been out on the Friday night, and that's very very rare for me to, to say that. But I think. Perfect in my decision making, and I, for some reason I had to put my flag up that the ball had gone out when it bounced like a foot in on, on the pitch, and the whole the, I was on the side where all the the, the players were all that had all caught me mad. But once I put my flag up, you can't put it down. So it was out, and Piers backed me. You know, that was definitely out, but it was so not out. But, um, <laughs> I'm not sure you've up to me before now. <laughs> yeah, there goes my big Friday night. So. Um, Let's quickly move on to sevens, right? Because we've ordered a bit of sevens. Um, so, Neil, what do you like about sevens? And and um, and obviously, you missed out this season, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, the sevens festivals. Well, what's that's, a, about those? that's a real highlight of the season. Is the summer social down at, um, at the other part of Old Deer Park? Um, uh, big end of season finale, really, where uh, yeah, we we get to referee in the sunshine all, all, all day long, get absolutely tired tired out, and um, then um, have a few beers with your friends afterwards, and your refereeing friends, and uh, it's just a fantastic occasion. All the all the youngsters go off and have a massive massive party. Um, uh, we stand around watching the final of the the elite sevens and admiring the referees there. Um, yeah, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant occasion. Thousands of people there, all, all enjoying themselves, and we and we we're, we're happy to you know able to be part part of it, which is which is fantastic. And and Piers, what about sort of your referee ambitions? What what you know, what do you want to achieve as a as a community referee? Well, Neil said it earlier. You know, uh, we're not getting any younger. Um, I got into it late. I wish I'd done it years ago, uh, when my body wasn't quite so old and broken. Um, so. Uh, you and I both got promoted this year. Um, I'm hoping that age doesn't prevent us going any further. Um, I think it might, personally, because, you know, there's lots of very good younger referees who've got better knees than you and I. Um, keep on learning. You know, as I said before, you learn something every game. Um, you know, I still love it. I still enjoy it. Um, I still have... You know, a fair way to go in terms of becoming the complete referee, if you like. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I suppose my biggest refereeing ambition is to get back on the pitch. And you know, the sooner that the RFU and the government allow us to get back up and playing, 
um, the better, really, because I've properly missed it. I don't think I'm alone in properly missing it. Old Deer Park seems a very empty place at the moment, um, you know, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, seven, 800 people back in the stands, whether, you know, whether that's with me in the middle or me in the stands themselves, so be it. But, uh, you know, let's have rugby back. That's a great incentive to, to remain fit, isn't it? That's a good thing because we have to be fit as a referee. So have any of you chaps been doing any sort of pre-season training? Because we're fortunate that um, you know Ross Hanbury from Hanbury Training has uh, has been sending out um, guidance and that bronco test stuff and sort of ref, you know, running drills, that strength drills. Have any of you chaps been indulging in any of that at all? Well, I've, I've done um, park, park running, Gareth. I've been doing 5K runs with my daughter up at Richmond Park every every Saturday um, during the lockdown. Uh, but my times are still still quite poor, to be honest. But just uh, just under 30 minutes. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been. That's what I've been doing. Nothing more. And Piers, uh, we're doing a lot of cycling. Um, I hate running. I'm not built for it. I know that sounds weird, um, but I have been doing a little bit of that um, and I can occasionally be found in the corner of Old Deer Park um, doing a few shuttle runs. Um, but I'm hoping that by the time the season comes around, I will have continued yeah, I'm, I'm, not to stick on the half stone that um, I'm desperately trying to. Unlike you, I, I do like running, but I'm built for, uh, well, I'm not built for any sort of running, but if anything, I prefer distance to, to uh, sprinting, but I've been... The, the second team pistol in the Welsh has been designed for like sort of Broncos and marked up for Bronco tests. So I've been doing sort of shuttle runs like yourself, Piers, just to just to get myself uh, my base speed up. And because again, I, I don't want fitness to be a, a barrier to progression, shall we say? But you know, in the end of the day, all I want to do is referee rugby matches, and I don't care if it's level thirteen or level seven, eight, whatever it is just to be in the middle and enjoying rugby again. So just if, if we just, um, just to sort of sum up really, if you give both sort of summarised, you know, what would you say to someone considering refereeing and what what you guys get, get guys get out of it? So if we start with you, Neil. Uh, well, as you say, the, the fitness is, 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 uh, is, 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 is part of it. It, it keeps you fit. Um, it gives you something to look forward to every single week because, um, the the, the 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 fixture will come through as Piers mentioned already um, on, on, on a Sunday morning and uh, the build up starts from there. Um, the, the club gets in, in touch with you and you start to to, to look forward to the game. The, the Saturday morning comes along, get, get get everything ready, go off to the game, uh, run around the pitch for for eight, 80 minutes, um, go back into the bar afterwards and uh, socialise with the the players it's just a fantastic experience go home get told off for uh, being late back again uh and then look forward to sunday morning when the next fixture will come through and repeat and that is how the season progresses and it's just it's just wonderful you know you get so much out of it meet so many amazing people in the rugby community uh meet uh go to visit clubs who treat you fantastically you know i think of clubs like Tamesians where uh, what they do in the clubhouse at, on Twickenham Green, uh, it's just a social hub. And uh, they, they, I think they know us all down there. Uh, you, you go into the, that club and you, you're, you're treated so well. The, the members will immediately put a drink in your hand and, 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 and you, you won't have to buy a, a drink in that bar as a referee. 
uh, they always sort you out. Um, it's just amazing, and that's that's typical of well, nearly all of the clubs locally. I think they're they're they're, they're pretty well pretty well brilliant at looking after you. Um, yeah, it's just wonderful, and um, as I say, you, 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 you get, it keeps you fit as well. And you, Piers? I, I love the challenge. Uh, I think if, if you're up for a challenge that's very personal because it's just you, um, it's a great game. Neil's already mentioned it's great people. The clubs are fantastic. Uh, it's a great way of seeing a lot of the country um, because there's lots of opportunity to sort of go to clubs all over the place. Um, the respect is really impressive. You know, and, and I think if anybody's worried about how you're going to get treated, you know, Neil's already mentioned that you know you never drink, you never buy a drink in the bar, but the respect that you get the moment you walk into the club to the moment that you leave is amazing. Um, yeah, and it's cheaper than a gym membership. Um, exactly. Well, what a great summary that is. Chaps, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I can't wait to get back out there um, in the season. I'm sure you chaps are the same. Good luck with the pre-season and fingers crossed we get a season starting as soon as possible. Neil and Piers, thank you very much. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks, Gareth. Cheers. Goodness me, you get three referees together and we can talk all day. Great to hear from Piers and Neil two of our members who go out every weekend and represent the club in a different way by officiating across the London leagues and ensuring that all these matches go ahead. They would then back this up on a Sunday morning refereeing youth matches or helping others to get involved and giving them feedback. Much of this might be unseen by many of our members but nonetheless an important aspect for our club and we are very keen as a club to be seen as a leading light in Middlesex and society for providing referees to officiate across the region. Long may it continue. If you have enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it or even write a review. Next week, we'll be interviewing Lovejoy Chawatama about his time at the club. Until next time, take care. <laughs>